So we're actually rolling. So if you want to go to at Joyscore Inc. Stop and retry. It's going. Oh, it's now it's going. Oh, Okay, that's fine. Long, long as we're opening up with that thing. All right. And Thomas, you let me know. This camera right here, I'm going to go right to it. The close. Start this we're, we're going. Hey, hey, welcome to Joy Score Live. Another episode, another lovely episode. We have the awesome Breon Davis, actor, award winning director, philanthropist, just a, an all around intelligent guy. We have Miss John Mack. Don't don't think that John Mack means some guy. No, we got a Miss John Mack. John Marie Mack. John Marie Mack, right. And yeah. we got Shalise Makowski. Yeah. And those two are going to be coming on. They're going to be talking about their. Uh, endangered animals uh and they'll be they'll be at the emmys tomorrow pushing their agenda and uh <laughs> saving the endangered species you know but just as a reminder this joy score is how we go about perceiving the world and getting the most out of it how we go about getting the most out of life how we go about elevating our levels of consciousness while we're in action how we go about Assessing an environment, knowing that it's happy or positive for us, or or a safe place for us to be, to expand and to grow, and that's really up to us and how we perceive the world. That's what Joy Score is about: tuning us into this nuance of how to maintain our integrity under difficult circumstances, and how to how to lead, how to encourage and inspire the people that we love, how to encourage and inspire communities, how to encourage and inspire the places that we work at, how do we encourage and inspire 
Anything, Suzanne. Absolutely. Encouragement is helpful. <laughs> Encouragement is helpful. How are you yeah. finding joy these days? Uh, How are you elevating your joy score, more importantly? More physical movement, being out in nature, I've been craving a lot of how are you defining ocean. How are you defining joy score these days? How am I defining it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's the, qual- for me, joy, my joy score is d- dependent on the quality of my state of being, my mind, my body, my heart, my soul. So when all those things are elevated, everything's running smooth. So let's say you go to the, <laughs> let's go, say you go to a restaurant, like, like, what are you looking for? Oh, at a restaurant, I'm looking. I don't. Yeah, there's a lot of factors, but the key factor to me is the the quality of the food and the quality of the service. Uh, quality of food and the quality of service. Yeah, and then the atmosphere can go either way. It can be a funky hole in the wall, or it could be really a posh place or well designed. I enjoy those things just from my architectural background, but uh, food and service are really important. See, Doctor Bob brought us <laughs> brought this joy score concept to us initially. Uh, uh, and uh, is doing a show. And this is just one of nine legs of Joy Score. There's many other things going on to uh, tune people into the best things in life and seeing the world with a fresh pair of eyes and just educating our brains to the point that we should look for these creases in life where there's opportunity to expand, opportunities to smile, ways to physiologically use our creative actually use our creative minds to trigger a positive physiological response to the environments that we're in. Um, and that's the best way that I can put it right now, but we can actually measure the joy. So the idea is to put in our minds, like take into account the quality of the environment well, we're in and give it a score between one and a hundred. That's what joy score right, is doing, right? Yeah. One in a hundred or one in 10, you can, feel in and or you could do a check-in you know in the morning you can say how's my mind well the actual joy score will be one to a hundred yeah well, fr- the from what joy i understand score is one to a hundred for sure oh cool so uh one to a hundred but you can just say how's the quality of my mind oh i'm about at a 50 percent <laughs> right now i might need to get up and go and then you can decide how do you want to navigate your day your body might feel slow or your mind might feel slow or everything might feel free you know it varies every uh, day yeah but a lot, a lot of times that we're in a mess or we're involved in some family drama or some work drama, our ideas can overcome us. And uh, we may not put our best foot forward. We may create a lot of stress and anxiety in the body and the mind or the spirit. But actually, we have a way of perceiving that from a moment-to-moment basis and not become reactive but become creative in those moments. And that's really... Uh, up to us and each each of us individually and that's what we're here to do through our guests through our artistic guests through our successful business guests through our athlete guests we learn about their process under the most stressful of circumstances and how they learn from those circumstances and then bring those lessons that they learned in their sport their job their art out in their life and actually make the world a better place or make themselves better people to be around to elevate other people's joy scores if you get what i'm if you get what i'm getting at so this has been a tremendously fun (laughs) rewarding uh opportunity Uh, for us to actually explore this right suzanne absolutely i you know i mean who disputes not wanting some more joy in their life right well well like there's a couple different levels there's external joy that's feeding off of the environment that's uh giving us signals right Right. and then we have this enjoy and how we manifest this uh, radiant light within us and become a beacon for other people and how we behave how we treat each other (laughs) how we talk to each other or more importantly how we uh 
Have compassion for others that might be struggling or suffering with a, with a difficult circumstance and not get pulled into that and become part of the problem. It's about how we can assess it and keep our heads above water, yeah? Absolutely. And that's, it's a dance. You know, when I'm teaching a class and I ask, check in with everyone, everyone's in a different place. So obviously in our close personal relationships, we're not always going to be on the same page. So when we have that awareness to pull back and say, oh, that person's like a little testy or ignited or they're fully into something that I'm not into right now, we can dance with one another a little bit easier. Dance with it. Dance. Can you explain <laughs> dance? What is that? What is that dance? Well, I mean, we have repetitive patterns that are not so uh, positive building on the energetic field, meaning that they don't have a positive outcome. They're usually repetitive and they end in the same result, like being in a gerbil wheel. Or Being we, in a gerbil <laughs> wheel? Do you spend much time in a gerbil wheel? I try not to. I try to exit stage left as quickly as possible. But Gerbil wheel, is inter- that's, a, that's an interesting exploration in itself as well. I mean, you're talking about just the karmic repetition of reactive uh behavior right is that is that what you're defining sometimes reactive sometimes you're responding but you don't know but typically we have historic patterns i mean quantum physics shows us this we are designed to attach and magnetize and then we spin and so those wow that's way over my head attach and magnetize and then spin. yeah and then we have concentric circles (laughs) (laughs) and then concentric circles wow and so the pattern is always the same but if we create chaos then when we reform we can still attach magnetize and spin but in harmony versus creating good lord woman how do you put that into english like what kind of an example is there for that? Okay, so dancing. You're doing the waltz. The waltz feels good, but someone wants to do the salsa. What are you going to do? Well, typically there's a <laughs> typically there's a lead in there somewhere and there right. are, there's a leader and but a follower. But you're really yearning to do the salsa, so the leader decides to do what? Whatever he's trained to do. Yeah, but something has to happen. The music needs to change. <laughs> right? We need to have a little salsa. A little salsa. We can never have too much salsa, can we? Listen, I'm really excited about uh, our guests, though, like Breon Davis, yeah. right? How about this guy? He's a handsome devil, isn't he? He's amazing. I'm really excited to talk about his film. Obviously, it's a, uh, Embrace of the Serpent is a Well, that was, 20, that was 2016, and I remember yeah. sitting in front of that TV wondering if they're going to win that Oscar for that thing, but... That's quite an honor to be have, to have, have a film that's nominated that uh, you're the lead in, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's like a dream come true right there. That's <laughs> like I, he's, I think he's living the dream after that. It was amazing seeing him with all those profile people and uh, hobnobbing and rubbing elbows with this gentleman. And I had the pleasure to actually act with this guy. So I uh, uh, in Michael Hayda's uh, film Avenged, yeah. uh, I got to I got to act with Brian, and that was that was quite a pleasure. We had a great time doing it. And how about John Mack? How about Shalice doing their endangered species activism? Yeah, um, defending the endangered is their organization. So we're gonna have a great time learning more about that and their upcoming event that they're gonna be putting on. And they both are have beautiful gifts too. Um, John Mack being a beautiful actress, singer, and musician. And Shalice, uh, with her uh, capabilities in yeah. the world of healing arts. Well, those, those acting, singing, musicians, I talk about stress, talk about having the ability to adapt, talk about lifting yourself up every day and going to work and not knowing what's going to happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all these artists like have that are faced with that dilemma where they're, where we're, we're always continually stepping into uncertainty and embracing what the opportunity has for us in those particular moments that we're asked to perform in. And it's, uh, 
It's becoming more and more like that, I think, for more and more people. It's very rare that people have these tenured jobs. Uh, most people are, hold a job for two or three years, four years or so, and then uh, we're off looking for some more work. Well, that's just what an actor does. An actor's doing that every day. So, <laughs> they, they, they are the, the millennials, and the actor industry is very comfortable. Or a consultant. There's a lot of consultant industries these days. So, What was Dr. Bob's book that this whole Joy Score thing is based on? What's that book called? The, oh, I don't have it with me. Oh. I will tell you in a second. But well, we got we, we got, have Joy Score, the new book, Joy Score. And right, he I'll is pull, writing another book too. Yeah, right? and I have it actually here that I can pull up for. We us, have so. to we have to actually bring that book in here so we can talk more about. Well, in the meantime, let's uh, Thomas push that next button and let's uh, set up Breon Davis before he comes in. So we got Breon coming in right now. The Bene of Ene. The Kai, the Kai, man, the Kai. Me, I think, me, I'm not. The Kai, say, the Kai, the Kai, man, the Kai. In yet, the Ijef Wed, Uru, Appen, I'm not. Oh, no, yet, the Ije Anaconda. Setting up, and you're still doing your thing. We hey, hey. Here he is. we got Breon Davis in the house, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Figuring out the IG, the Instagram. Okay, are you, you're live. There you are. Hey, <laughs> he's right there, the handsome guy. The Take handsome your time devil. to adjust it. Hey. <laughs> welcome. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, welcome. He's Breon's got his, he's got his uh, live feed going on right there. Look, there he is. See if we can get it. We can see if we can get him to get his headphones on. See if we can get yeah. him to get okay. that mic set. All right, up. No, no, no. No, no. Let's 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 hear you. Let's get a little test. Guest one. Okay. Uh, test one two. There you go. You're there, baby. Right there. Welcome to Joy Score. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Are you kidding, man? I, I'm really just great to see you. Last time I saw you, you we were at your screening of uh, Embrace of the yeah, Serpent. Yeah, you came down to see it at um, the place in uh, Long Beach. The the last video store. What is it? Well, yeah, no, no, that was that was that was in Long Beach. That was Venice. That was Santa Venice. Monica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was that was quite a privilege to see in that small group of people mm-hmm. and to hear you talk so eloquently about that process. So, what are you doing? What are you doing now, man? Uh, you, you you received a, since then. You received a, a directorial award. You received. Uh, yeah. Tell us. <laughs> well, I, I I'm I'm shooting two other features right now. I'm shooting a. Uh, one feature called Moon Garden. It's a dark fantasy feature, which is really, really great. The production company, Fire Trial Films, they just won... Pull that mic a little um, bit closer to you. They just won uh, Best uh, Sci-Fi Feature at Burbank Film Festival last week. Great. Which is cool. What kind of part do you got? Get a juicy part in there? It's the father of a little girl, and she... uh, I think I can say this. She falls down the stairs and goes to a coma, and that's where she... Oh, no. She spends uh, about eight years in this fantasy dark fantasy world and the mom and i are all distraught and so it's interesting it goes back between 10 years off you know in and 10 years prior 10 years post it sounds like a very artsy fartsy 
very very yeah. like uh cool nuanced film yeah yeah and ryan harris is the uh, the director and he's fantastic he's edited about three or four netflix films and this is his first big feature but fire trial tri- fire trial films uh my buddy john elfers who i actually met uh at Screamfest when avenged uh was pretty elfers i'm still i'm still in touch with that guy yeah 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 so, he's so great so what happened with the director thing i want to hear about that uh you keep saying that i haven't won an well i won a small award for it and what was it what was the thing that was just that I, that i read that about? was the glass short film that's that's doing really really well oh right that's what it was that's yeah, what it was that's my uh, i guess what i would call my my directorial debut um film how, how was that so, taking the other uh, side of the camera it's amazing. You know, I've directed a lot of theater, um, attempted to direct a, another project that, that uh, I learned some lessons with. Um, but then this one is the first one that's, uh, you know, carried out and been produced. And That's awesome, man. Well, 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 listen, well, that, that makes a big difference. And to when does it release? Uh, your one that you're in production for? This one that I'm in production for now, it released, well, they go, they're going through... Uh, editing and post and all that, okay. and then there's another one called Six Mile that we're in pre-production for. That's okay. really fantastic. Well, let's, so, well, let's go. How'd, listen. How'd you get into all this stuff? There must, I mean, way back when, when you when did you decide you wanted to become this actor artist guy? Um, I was chasing fame and riches, and then Where are you from? there it happened. Texas? <laughs> are you from Texas? Right? Uh yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. From, these guys from Texas. <laughs> yeah, my, what part my, of Texas? Northeast Texas, okay. Paris, Texas. Okay. Was it, how much acting could there have been in Paris, Texas? My first role, I was nine years old, playing Tom Sawyer in uh, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Oh my goodness! Paris Community Theater, and then it, and then I was painting a fence, and people started laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody kept laughing at me, and I thought in my little nine-year-old mind that, wow, I can change people's <laughs> moods. Oh, make let's talk laugh. about that. How, how do you, have you employed that life. since you were nine, changing I'm, people's moods? Like when you realize, like, wow. Oh, it's just, you know, I, I tried to be all these different things, and, and, and what I really wanted to do was tell stories. Mm-hmm. And I got to do that, and that was... You know, from that moment forward, however, I could be a part of telling a story, whether producing or directing or writing or, you know, and it didn't come from money. Uh, it was kind of feast and famine primarily at my house. And so when I was growing up, I would go and write short stories and just kind of they would carry me to all these amazing journeys. And I used my imagination to carry me there. Well, that's a big step um, between Paris, Texas, and then making your way to L.A. There must have been a moment where you're like, heck with this Paris, Texas. I'm going to L.A. Yeah, as soon as I graduated high school, pretty much I, you were out. I, I committed to that. And then I went to a private Christian college in Arkansas for a variety of reasons. But uh, they offered me a scholarship to do West Side Story. So I did that and then couldn't wait to get out of there. So I moved to New York pretty quickly after that. Oh, it was New York. Yeah, it was amazing. And what was the training? That what, tra- what train did you get? So you get off the. So what did you do? Take a train? You planned it? I went back to Austin. Uh, or I went to Austin. You want to know his travel route? Well, well the thing uh, is, I that travel route. Ra- that travel route is an indication of as to where the decisions he's making. It. Oh. It's a big deal to go. This from, wasn't the old Chevy with a quarter on the dash, and you're turning. It was actually a Ford Escort. Was my first. <laughs> is that my first which, what you went to New York with? No, I went to college with that one. I, no, I, I sold my car right before I moved to New York the first time, and I, I, I just, 
I just uh That's a big deal though. That's yeah. not an you easy don't really town. You really need a car anymore. I was 19. Yeah, but it's not that's not an easy town, Brio. No. no. It was great. I mean, that was 98 around 98 or so. So what happened? So you get so you so you get off the bus in the middle of wherever the heck you are the in Manhattan. Plane flying in. <laughs> yeah, but you had to take a bus into somewhere, right? Yeah. After you get off the plane. Taxi. Oh, you taxi. Oh, you taxied first mm-hmm. class. Okay, that's See? that's He's that's, totally trying to discern like, were you a first class ticket to JFK? Uh-uh. <laughs> the limo waiting for you. That didn't come until later. <laughs> so you're standing there in Manhattan. Where? So how did you, you already have an apartment? Did yeah. You, so okay. So I how I, do we do I it? Moved back to Austin for a little bit. Got my feet wet. Did a little bit of theater, yeah. and then, um, and then made my way. Saved some money. Flew to basically flew to New York. I met this. Uh, my roommate on Craigslist at the time, and and he was the house manager for um, New York Theater Workshop. Oh, and one of the first plays I basically walked into was um, Philip Seymour Hoffman doing Shopping and Fucking. Ah, yeah, that was that's awesome. And then uh, <laughs> and then I, I I lived in this little East Village uh, studio. Uh, with a little mat, I was paying way too much money for that. My acting books, my underwear, my clothes. How many square feet was the space? Oh, I don't know. Three hundred, maybe the size of this room. <laughs> like a three hundred square foot yeah. space. That's pretty yeah. typical, though, in New York. Yeah. Like, tons and of those. He had a bunk bed up there, and I had the. It's kind yeah. of interesting, though. You feel like you have a lot of room, even in like a yoga class in New York. You're like jammed in there, but you really value your mat. Your real and, estate. Yeah. <laughs> well, Any the, space you can get away from anybody in New York. Well, listen, you got some listeners cold. out there. They're probably like, how the hell do you get yeah. into acting? Like, how do you oh. make that step? Like, what were you feeling? I mean, it seems like you walked into a really awesome situation. I mean, you ha- I mean, in terms of just somebody that's trying, thinking about breaking through, maybe some, some young Breon Davis from Paris, Texas is, <laughs> gets to watch this and he goes, what the hell? Do- wow. How do you do that, man? Well, the first thing I would say is is join a class wherever you are. Bright Lights Acting Studio in Austin, Texas was um, Mona Lee. Um, Bright Light? She, yeah. Bright Light? Bright Light what? Bright Lights Acting Studio in Austin. Bright she, Lights Acting Studio in Austin, Texas. You yeah. Austin, Texas people. You Texas people get to that school. Yeah, she set me on my way. She she said, uh, I, I said, what do I do? I, I want to go to New York. What, how do I... And she goes, get into a school right away and um, look into schools. And I was thinking about Juilliard and it was way too expensive. And uh, so I went to HB Actor Studio. And I think that that, that was, was my first the... acting studio. Really? <laughs> Who'd you study with? At 83. I don't even remember. I just remember just making an ass out of myself. <laughs> so stupid. Now I learned so much there. Yeah. So Uda I have Hagen. a question Uda, Uda, Uda being a non actor for the two actors in the room. Okay. Uh, what was the like for you you said the mood like you could change someone's mood through acting what was the draw for you to be an actor i i just i just fell into it because i was getting my picture taken so i had an agent and i figured i'd and i better learn how to act and my first film was with Marsha gay harden and tom no gibson way. what was in it a, in a in a nyu thesis film called whitewash wow yeah two of the two one one Oscar winner and mm-hmm. another multiple Emmy Tony winner. That's and, that's yeah. who I got to jump in with. So, so I'm a lead in a film with these guys, <laughs> and I'm realizing at that point I'm in way over my head, and I better get into a god darn class and take this seriously because. And uh, Gibson was at uh, Naked Angels mm-hmm. uh, acting uh, theater group at that point, and uh, actually he was right around the corner from where I lived, and I should have actually I should have gone I should have hung out there more. 
But mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I found some great teachers, a, a Chekhov teacher, a couple of method teachers, uh, you know, three years at Meisner and why stuff did, like that. Why did you not? What? You hang out at the school. I, I, I went over there, and I was just... Uh, Look, man, at that time I was getting my picture taken. I was in the cover of magazines. Uh, I was traveling you were, around the was world. GQ there was it. nothing, nothing was, you could do wrong. You know, nothing smelled, did it? That we had uh, own my, we own our own So I was a little bit spoiled after a few years in yeah. New York. So the theater world seemed a little slow, and there, there wasn't those people had already had a sense of what it was, mm. and I didn't know what it was at that point. Yeah. So I had to go. I had to go earn my stripes and get into. You know, I studied for 10 years uh, there in New York and, and, you know, I still came out of it not knowing what the hell I was doing. But at least I had a sense. I kind of feel that way. But I, always, but I had a sense of what I wanted to do. But this is, you know, I, I don't know what your experience was, but I, I have a feeling that there were some ups and some downs. Can, can, you, remember, can you remember something being down? Oh, man. At that, some point? New York's cold. Right. Yeah. And I was gung ho, gung ho. And I think I was maybe 22 by the time I came back home. It was actually about six months prior to 9-11. And I, I, it broke me. New York mm. broke me. So I went back home to Austin, regained my strength. So tell, I, let's, let's go there. Let's go. Let's yeah. go to where you where, where, where it broke you. I mean, what were the elements that went into that? It was cold. <laughs> I was young. <laughs> it was, you know, expensive. As much, yeah. I mean, I had a great job. I, I was. Um, I was, uh, I opened a restaurant in, in Times Square called oh Ruby Foos and, and that was when waiters were making just ridiculous money. And, um, and you know, it was, so you, you did know, the waiter thing. You did the classic oh, yeah. waiter thing. Gotcha. Waiting, bait, bartending. I was a teacher assistant. I, you know, I just, I did anything I could to, to be on a show, to be in a play, to be it, whatever it took, I was. I was See, this doing is an it. interesting phenomenon. All arts fields, because I studied architecture, you kind of like signed up and knew that maybe you would get out of college and not have a paying job. Like you would have to go work in a studio forty hours a week for free mm-hmm. when they let you do that then, and then do a waitering job or you know whatever to m- make ends meet. So, what do you guys? What's the drive there? Because that's a lot of drive to be like, okay, I'm gonna spend all my time and energy towards this thing that may not pay out immediately and I'm willing to do extra stuff because that's a lot I wanna, of I wanna drive. I want to know where he broke. I want to see. I want to hear about I want to know about the drive. No, I want to know about the... I, wanna, <laughs> I want know, some I wanna, of that. I want more juice. Like, what drove him out of there because at that point he had to make another decision. Like, like, and so what were, what were those cumulative elements? I wanted, just, you were homesick, maybe? A little homesick. I wanted... I wanted... Uh, I, I wanted some sort of stability. I was in a... Uh, a relationship that that at the time that was at that un- beginnings of understandings of what that means, and then um, oh, and you, then did you leave with a broken heart? Human facets. Uh, well, I went back to heal a broken heart. Mm. Ah, and um, you know, and and I didn't know how to conquer all of those, all of those elements. You know, I didn't I didn't have the tools. And that's what that was preparing me for was was preparing me for the to to have the tools to handle all of those stresses. There we are, baby. What tools are those? What tools um, were those? he's got some tools for us? Well, <laughs> I went back and yeah. I and I I began to get my insurance, selling my uh, brokerage license and all of that stuff. A little security, that. little security. Yeah. So you felt coming out of New York a little insecure. You want to go back a little bit more? Yeah, and I it was nauseating. <laughs> 
It was it was more than nauseating. It was deadening. Yeah, you know, it was. It was uh, <laughs> well, you're talking about relative to living this creative existence, going back into something that's more behind a desk, possibly, right? Yeah, and it, I hadn't read a play in six months at that time. I was mm. doing all these numbers and wearing a tie and and <laughs> and, and going to meetings at seven a.m. in the morning every day, and and it just it, it was like putting. A really awkward shape something into something that's even more awkwardly shaped. You were well, like on Sesame Street. Which one of these doesn't belong? <laughs> None of to me the belong there. None of me belong So what, what was the what was the first thing that you learned then? What, what was the tool? What was the tool that got you back into your creative form? And there's a truth that exists right here, hmm. and that is that is your what I call lava, your spiritual truth, the thing that no one knows but you, and it was on fire and mm. uh and and i would have nightmares and i would have dreams and i, I had anxiety attacks I, I remember being stopped at a, a green light maybe three times through the green light just completely stopped and a knock on my window saying and, and this this guy was like are you okay are you okay and 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 i kind of woke up from it but i was crying it was very strange so what was the struggle what was the conflict there that i wasn't doing what i was supposed to be mm. doing wow it was that big of a pull it was that obvious to you yeah, waking up in the middle of the night and knowing that I was meant for something, not this, not necessarily bigger or greater, because I don't want to downplay those jobs, uh, but those jobs weren't what I was supposed to be doing. Right. And um, and I knew I was supposed to move forward. I was supposed to go. I was supposed to get out and explore the world and see the world. And so after that, I knew, you know, that however long it was going to mm. take. For you me were going to do it. I was going to do it. I was just going to live my life and 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 have a journey. And that, that was a huge risk. Who who what were the what were the opponents to that? I mean, what was the who, who were the expectations of your community keeping you there or was it something that you felt like you were supposed yeah. to do relative to what you realized you should be doing? You know, my parents were really supportive. Um fear of of not having money, fear of not having success fear of I, I don't i don't know like so, society going this is the game that you're supposed to play these are the rules that you're supposed to play by and, and dude you broke those rules <laughs> oh hell yeah you I broke mean, those rules you broke all that conventional how many bullshit. people are not happy because they don't break god those rules damn right, yeah. god damn it that's break the freaking conventional rules what you gotta do yeah but the thing is you break those rules but then you step into a whole nother set of natural rules right mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you start paying attention to different nuances and stuff like that how about that? how is that for you like like, and, like you broke the rules, you committed to the one side of the fence. Now, what are the rules on the other side? Balance, balance, balance in in balance in, in in trusting that you're on the right journey, trusting that you're listening to that that truth, and and doing yoga and meditation, mm-hmm. and you know having a, a healthy balance of all the major components of your life, which is spirituality and and financial and relationships and career and Education, making so, so, sure that all so, those so the world are... basically it's almost like instead of paddling in front of the wave, you kind of just waited for the wave to come pick you up, right? It's kind of like that difference. When you're open, when you're open, the wave will come pick you up. But when you're closed off, or you you find, but do you really fighting... think it's that about being open, or it's just your quantum? Like we have such a written destiny, so you had a destiny. And so even if you fought it up until the last minute, you were going to end up right where you started. Um, I don't not 
uh, agree with that. Uh, of course, I yeah. think that that no matter. I think if, but I think some people don't, and they continue to fight that truth and fight that truth, and right. that's what causes the misery. They're going against that wave. They're going against it. Yeah. And, until no they don't what. anymore. Right. So what? So what? What? What creative principles are on you when you when you slow down just that half step and catch that wave? I mean, what? What's that like? Love the lull. Love the lull. Yeah. Explain. <laughs> I love it. Love the lull. And that's one of the tools we're going to walk out of here, people. We're going to start loving that lull. Apparently. You know, it's. I mean, what we do, and I, I'm I'm sure you have some equal frustrations in life in general, but. Pull that mic closer I can to you. Be, Aim it at you a little bit more. I can be, yeah. Yeah, there that, you go. There you I go. can. Hello. You're good. I can be walking, you know, on, on on the red carpet of the Oscars and 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 doing all that and living that life, or in the middle of the Amazon jungle and in a canoe and being in the perfect. That's the perfect place for me. <laughs> that is the perfect place on top of a mountain, or in. The water with expansive water on either side and on dolphins top of the water up. doing your art, baby. <laughs> on top of an Amazon water doing, on That's, top of an Amazon mountain doing his art. Amazon mountain doing. Well, well we have a couple of things Amazon going there. Amazon we'll, mountain. <laughs> That's how beautiful my, is that? Doing my art. Hey, there's some that was pictures. Just a when, mystical journey. When you yeah. watched, when you watched those previews, when you watched that little mm-hmm. commercial, you saw him in the Amazon, in the Amazonian River. You, you might have actually seen him on well, one of the mountains. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Amazon. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's a, that, I'm, yeah. this, guy, this guy's been there. He's worked there. But he did it. I, I finished the love the lull thing is <laughs> is that you've got <laughs> to you've got to do the journey. You've got to do the enjoy all the processes. You know, I teach now at a, a great school, studio school downtown. And I love those guys. What are you teaching? Uh, acting fundamentals. There you uh, go, guys. Breon Davis is teaching the acting fundamentals downtown in L.A. What's well, the name that's, of the, what's that's a BFA program, but I but I also have a, a, a co-own a, a studio in North Hollywood called um, Actors Vibe. Actors so, Vibe. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah. Actors Vibe, guys. Look look this man up. But um, but yeah, that's a part of giving back and 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 loving consistently loving what i do and being there for people and you know trust that um and in that lull you know tomorrow everything's going to be a different something you know what i mean like next week i you know you could get that whatever and you're flying to is lull and uncertainty similar parallels if we were were to play love the uncertainty the lull is a place where you can read the book you've been wanting to read for a while Mm. you've been you've been wanting to take that class or you've been wanting Ah, to to take more time well we just take that moment and we do that do that thing that our soul's been calling us to do absolutely but and how how do you employ especially living like kind of a a rhythm with movies or a big production or theaters a big production and then there's a big lull for sure. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys stay in the moment where it's like, okay, it's time to enjoy Because he's new. loving the lull. He's loving yeah. the lull. Between yeah. the jobs, it's where you actually prepare But not your... everyone's so good at that. Can you give the... Because some people even have a, a lull every weekend. They have two days off, but they don't maybe utilize it that way. That's so a great can... track. How do, you feel, how, do you, how do you create that opportunity for you to create... Actually, this man's creating a lull on purpose because that's where he's filling himself up creatively right that's looking it. for the next opportunity that's it you so know how do you how do you do that 
How do I feel it? How do, yeah. How do you shift your mind from one thing to the next? Versus you, like doing the laundry, worrying about you're worrying not going to have a new job. This, worrying about oh, that. How do you not worry? Oh my God. I how mean, do you I, not worry about it? I hate cleaning my house, but sometimes it needs to get done and I, I can't quite get somebody to come over and do it. But uh, the, the laundry, all that stuff, you know, I mean, that's, you know, you got to have gratitude that you have laundry. Well, there's a, a washer and dryer. There's a right word. Here. There's a word. There's gratitude. That's a good secret to existing in a lull. Is yeah. it not? Yeah. But, you know, I, I I tend to work a lot, or it seems I work a lot, because one right. of my favorite things to do in the world is to read scripts. Mm. And and so it looks like I'm always working, because right. that's, that's what I do. But you're enjoying it. That's what I love to do. So if there's a script out there that, you know, I've got a cue, probably about five five cues five scripts long that that kind of keep repeating themselves and i've got to get to them at some point um we have a garden um we live in glendale um you and your your partner partner, what's his name again i met him charlie charlie he's awesome yeah what a beautiful man awesome guy no he's great he and he's that wonderful balance too you know he's he's cool so does he does he not does he appreciate you or your lulls (laughs) Yeah, he says you work all the time, but I, I don't see it that way. So he might be listening and going, "Yeah, he doesn't take much of a lull." I don't know. He might. Well, that's part of the, that's part of your actor's mentality, though, is to be continually preparing for something that you don't know you're going to be doing. Always got to be ready for something, right? And yeah. I found my, you know, just uh, like I imagine myself doing this part, so I start and there you are that's exactly <laughs> what happens oh, I think something... <laughs> you're still hooked up hello yeah you're, right. we can you're hear good you. you're good you're good yeah you can hear i me. love it <laughs> his, 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 he can't hear himself now <laughs> no, but we can we can hear you that's, i well, just had to hold 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 so it there we need holding. the surround sound now holding i got it you got we it? have it's a special good. button we can, we can figure we can. i get I, I got excited yeah that, that's you said imagination imagination well let's go there yeah, but how do you? Well, listen. The you know you, we're talking about things that most a lot of people don't have the courage to stop thinking, or they don't have the courage to start dreaming, or they don't have the courage to use that imagination. Because as actors, that imagination direct, uh, affects us physiologically immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Like the moment I start imagining something, the body starts taking on whatever mm. it is that I'm imagining. It's pretty bizarre uh in, in a in a really cool way and that's how sensitive we are as actors too we, we see things we start to become things right <laughs> you imagine you think something and it affects you emotionally it begins to affect your behavior it be you know and you take all that stuff and have all that emotional uh thing working for you and those thoughts working for you and then you go and say lines in a script that are completely different from the things that you were thinking to get you there, yeah, it's complicated stuff. So do this because I get to listen to Thomas teach from time to time. And I always feel like acting is a great crossover technique to living reality, the one we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. If you guys can share a little bit how you utilize your imagination to help basically, as you might say, impose your will on a moment. Well, I want to hear Brian's process. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to hear, yeah, how you, you know, maybe how you, your partner. How do, you, how do you use your imagination properly as opposed to let it destroy you? Um, visualization, visualize things you want with all your senses. Uh, five years prior to going to the Oscars, I said I, I, I will be at the Oscars by 2016. Wow. And I had um, uh, uh, that on my vision board or wrote in my journal and, and literally 
and maybe it was seven years prior, but um, I didn't know how that was going to happen. I didn't know. I mean, you, how about a shout? Know. How about a shout out to Jason Gervitz? That's for, how for, it happened. Gervitz, our producer on Avenged, uh, Michael Ojeda's great producer, threw you that bone, and you just went in and freaking killed it. He said, "Hey, there's a producer I know in Colombia. They're doing a, a movie down there, and I'm going to throw your name and picture into the hat." And I looked like the guy, and they uh, I skyped with Ciro, the the director, and it all happened. Isn't that, funny? Isn't that funny? It came, it came out of Avengers. It came out of mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jason's perceptive producer abilities to know, have a sense mm-hmm. that you were right for it. Not yeah. like a good producer, not like a good producer, right? You gotta, you gotta, yeah. It's, so it's holding your focus where you want to be. Yeah, but the, 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 how you yeah. manifested you know, that. It, you no, manifested that, it, dude. You, yeah. you opened up to it and the world, the universe provided you the opportunity of a lifetime. I manifested that when I was a Boy Scout in, <laughs> in the Ozark Mountains. <laughs> oh. You know, canoeing and rowing in the yeah. Ozark Mountains. And that's where that started. It started then. And then I just kept listening. And how, kept listening no, wait, and listening. so how did that start? So you're in the Ozark Mar- Mountains. How do you attribute that to winding up on the red carpet Oscar? Because I, I would uh, teach rowing and canoeing in the Boy Scouts, and I would go to the waterfront every year. Mm-hmm. It's been four to six weeks. I think it was about six weeks. Um, I would save up money through the year to afford to be able to go to Boy Scout camp for that long. Wow. And then um, I would spend my summers there, and I spent all my time on the waterfront. And um, and then I get to the Amazon jungle. However many la- years later, thirty years later, twenty years, 30, I, years <laughs> later, and uh, Ciro says, "This is Pedro. He's going to tell you how to or show you how to row row the boat." And I said, "Oh, I know how to canoe. I know." Like it just and it, yeah. it came like I just you were being prepared. That canoe looked pretty narrow too. You best have known how what you're doing. You're going over and you don't want to be in that Amazon jungle water. When you were oh you know there's some wild things <laughs> no, in there. You, but that's crazy. When you were young, did you feel yourself in the Amazon at the same time? Were you having a sense when you were in nature there? I knew I wanted to work with native and mm. indigenous cultures. Well, yeah. that's where yeah. Utah. You guys crossed there. That native yeah. indigenous culture. This one hangs out with the Hopis, and she's a. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Hopi, how, how do you qualify yourself as a Hopi general? <laughs> Hopi spiritual general? I don't qualify general? myself shaman? as a Hopi general. I Hopi, just have, Hopi shaman I have general? some spiritual destiny with Hopi that, that I will not defy. So I can't, yeah. Well, that, well, maybe you guys can open up that indigenous. There's a lot of faith. There's a lot of connection to the earth. There's a lot of sensory um, awareness of the world that you're in. How does that... I mean, that that indigenous culture and our lives as actors or any sort of artist, we're, we're, we're kind of, you would know more, but we're kind of keyed in in a similar way as a, as, a, as an indigenous individual out in the world in a way. The artist sure. is sort of paying attention in a very sure. nuanced way. Empath, you know, mm-hmm. empathy. You have to, I mean, to, to be an actor, I think, to be a great actor, I think you have to have a really strong uh, sense of empathy. And compassion for other people. And how, and, how does that how does that carry over into those native cultures? What kind of, um, what kind of experience was that? They're connected. They're open. They're not bombarded by, you know. I'm sure there's the, you know, the ego is is certainly still there, and you can see that it plays out a little bit in Embrace of the Serpent. But um, I think the way that the indigenous culture is is they tell stories. They they have a spirituality. They do you know the, the the makeup and the the stories through piercings and tattoos and you know living um 
connected with the the stars and the ground and the earth and the trees and the plants and how can you and they tell these stories around the fire and and that's how the stories were told from generation to generation and so you just your imagination just begins mm-hmm. to Creates, see that yeah see those stories. so so when the director says uh, action what, what what parallels are going from that experience into the from the indigenous raw instinctual human being that you are into the moment where that director says action there, what, what's the carryover there primal primal yeah you know it's it's when you when you need something when you need something so much and you're mm-hmm. you're hungry and you're 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 you're, you're, you're all those layers are, are are moved you know and so in your film because if your soul was really called towards the indi- working with indigenous but you were the white man in the film mm-hmm. how was it to not give way to that aspect the inner aspect to kind of um, be the colonized man and open yourself to the transformation with your relationship. Well, yeah, I mean the, the one of the the best uh, quotes I think IndieWire put out uh, was a a quote saying that Richard the, or Evan, the character that I played in the film, who's based on Richard Evan Schultz, um, that uh, he had an overconfidence in his own intellect, mm. and so colonialism in itself and uh, corporatism in itself is is essentially colonialism and there's an overconfidence in that intellect that our way is the best way our way is the only way right. and the, and the only and they have nothing to offer in those cultures that's the real that was really the unfortunate part was seeing those cultures who had so much to offer in the way of spirituality in way of connecting with the earth in the way mm-hmm. of that that their 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 languages were gone but in essence in essence really what they were they what did they have that the colonials did not have really connection to mother nature freedom they knew how to drive a particular the, type of freedom thomas they know how to drive the ferrari like they know how to drive the lamborghini which is planet earth no uh, sorry, no sorry. capitalist no colonialist knows how to drive this car this planet yeah. and the indigenous do that's 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 beautiful but here here, here it's an interesting paradox though because all of our acting is an interesting paradox mm-hmm. because here you are playing a colonial having to have the <laughs> sensibility of a primal being in order to act. How That's about what I mean. that? It's like pretty sweet. It's a lot of complex. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that well, goes on. Well, 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 so how is that? How is that? Maybe our audience can gain some insight into the difference between being in an illusion and creating an illusion for an audience. How about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. I mean, that's just that's just little what we Meisner, have to do. Little Meisner. Yeah, I mean. Well, and can you share a little bit with the viewers that watch a movie and go in? Because you guys know it from the behind the scenes to the, you know, after the fact of the movie. Uh, how you do that? Well, what's he? What he's talking about is really like the difference between somebody who wants to be an actor and someone who really is an actor. Right. Because the you're walking the fine line between. That that Meisner statement, living truthfully under imaginary circumstances, if it's not perceived from a relatively evolved perspective, you're going to get that one wrong. Right. You're gonna you're, right. gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be confused and torn between two worlds. Yeah. But right? but the second that you understand what living truthfully means, the second it, the first time it really happens to you that you're living truth, you go oh 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 that's what that is. <laughs> what is it? It's that I can feel this while I say the lines that the writer gave me. 
I can I can want this. I can need this. I'm going to go get that based on on uh, the belief that I need. You know, I was working with Antonio Bolivar, and and he was my co-star in the film. And he says um, he says uh, in in Embrace, and he says he's looking at me, and he's just looking at me. And I'm telling him all this stuff in Watoto, right? Buena fue, buena and what and what did you just say? I said it's my home, uh, and uh, and and he's looking at me, and and he knows me as as Brion. We've you know hung out for a couple of weeks before we started shooting, and then he's looking at me, and just his eyes are connected, and he just kind of has these tears coming down his, and I'm saying mm. that I'm betraying him in a way or and he powerful part of the movie remember yeah and I cut and 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 when they cut I I went over to him and I and I tried to explain to him that you know I'm not really saying these things to you right you know that that I don't really believe these things and it was so he he was living so truthfully in those circumstances that I, I mean it wasn't too far of a, of a stretch for him because he's indigenous and he's one of the last remaining members of this tribe. And, you know, but um, his imagination was so strong that he could actually live that and listen to me and hear me. Not one acting class. Uh, well, they had gone down. They'd, they'd worked with them for about three or four months. Oh, they did to, have a, he did yeah. have a three or four month yeah. acting crash course. The indigenous <laughs> Indian who can't yeah. speak English, who's knocking it out of the park yeah. after three months. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good, that's a great example of it. <laughs> they called him Brando. Brand- <laughs> <laughs> because he would just do whatever he wanted to do. That's the yeah. guy walking along, walking around in a little loincloth. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'd, I'd show up and they, they'd say, well, he's saying that that's not the right story now. And. And that line doesn't match. So the four hours that I spent on a paragraph to memorize in Watoto, <laughs> I have to change a little part of it. Uh, it was. It was. Well, well how do you how do you explain that then? So you got a you got a guy that's that's never taken acting class and he he gets bombarded by Western culture and they're teaching him how to act, which is really probably bizarre. But even in a couple of months, he's quite brilliant in the piece. How do you think he, why do you think he was able to make that happen so powerfully for him? Well, I mean, one is that it's, it's in his language. Uh, two, um, it's about his story. You know, it's about the tribes. He wasn't um, a guy on Wall Street. So he's connected. <laughs> right. He wasn't a guy on Wall Street. He wasn't playing a guy yeah. on Wall Street. Um, he was available and humble and vulnerable and those things you can't often, you know, he had no ego about him. Right. Cause that's, that I think is the, that's the biggest hurdle to overcome as an actor is, is your ego and or, or the vanity aspect or the fear aspect yeah, or being all, judged and requirements and expectations aspects of it. Right. And that's, all that's ego. So, but, but because he's the man so close to his essence, mm-hmm. he hasn't developed much of a, type of a personality that's uh, convoluted with all sorts of distractions on a day-to-day right. but so that's what really brought him close to being what a great actor has yeah that's what that's what we all work towards we all work towards that freedom but i know how hard i've had to work towards to have to have that i just scrape away 20 years of garbage before i even begin to understand what the hell i would got myself into yeah i mean this guy's got three months of work 
And he's right where he needs to be, right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the difference. I mean, that's the difference between my screwed up upbringing, and my ideas of the world, and how I had to, how the arts actually helped me see the world and see myself for what I truly am. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we have a different uh, uh, way of programming us here in in the the city. You know, there's a different structure in which we're. It's a different you know, kind of jungle. It's a different kind of jungle. <laughs> and and yeah. we all wear masks every day, you know, and, and, and I think our masks are a little bit more uh, cemented on mm. in, in this world. But when we can see that mask, then we can start to use it. When, the moment we realize there's a mask on, then we can start to access all of that information, all of that experience of how we got the mask. Because what, what are most of our stories about? Okay. Well, I think, yeah, and I think... The big question is when you wake up in the morning and the question mm-hmm. is the, 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 the you that you see in the mirror, the first question you ask yourself when you're playing a character is who am I? And the you that you see in the mirror, that, that person that you see and you're honest with, that is the person that that's your who you are. That's your, that's, mm-hmm. that's your who you are. Um, that, reflection is, your, yeah. that reflection is who you are. Yeah. And because no one else is there to judge you, to, you know, the, the pain you feel, the happiness, the joy, the, the blemishes, the flaws, the, all of that stuff, that's the who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and you walk, the second you walk out that door and if there's a roommate on the other side of it, you become uh, another person. And then you go to work and you become another person and you go to, to pick your kid up at school and you're another person. You have right. all of these different identities and uh so the indigenous don't have that they have they 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 wear the mask they they wear the one mask yeah i don't i don't know well, I, don't, I don't know that, either i haven't spent enough time with indigenous people you know, they There's, just i mean from the different tribes i've been with they're just like you know we're all human i mean i think one of the the sweet hopi man was just like we're all human after all right <laughs> that's all we are um but you know again when we put all these layers on but in those cultures, they have time and ceremony and the ability to tell stories. So they're thematically telling the stories of the stars and how they can relate to the earth. And so that's something that we don't get. Like, I don't get a chance to, like, run around and put on my own play once a month. I could. But that's, in essence, what they're doing in a lot of those ceremonies. Is 100%. They're, they're allowing themselves to tell a story to teach. Yeah, that story. that's interesting. So they put on a mask on purpose in order to yeah. explore that part of themselves. And that's those, the history of theater. Yeah, and those masks are, you know, really powerful. At Hopi, they had a series of masks that someone stole, their ceremonial masks, and they ended up in Paris at an art auction. And it was really interesting because then finally when they got back, it created a huge disturbance. I could even feel it, a huge storm. You know, they had to basically bury and put those masks to rest because they they were ruined. Wow! Because modern man had touched them. Wow! They always screw up everything. (laughs) Well, it's it's you know, you guys are talking about coming into a space and really being present with it, and you know, giving it what you need to in that moment. And outside that that those sacred spaces, we don't do that on a daily basis. I just hope that we can figure it out here pretty soon. (laughs) <laughs> you well, know, I, 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 the, the balance between all of those and, and, you know. What do you think that is? Do you think that's just over-education? <laughs> they start hitting us too early with the education. They no. start hitting us too. What is it? No, the right education. The right education, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think, I think you know, every culture should know their history truthfully. I think that... Um, I think that we should involve other cultures and other experiences into our education. Um, 
because every culture has something to offer, not just, you know, the the Americanized version of what history is, you know, whatever that is. Well, it's a very short history, for one. Well, Americanized version of all history. Right. So it's still, still, very, still yeah. very short, right? Yeah. Relative it, to? Well, the, the expanse of... The, the different places all over the planet. Life. Well, well listen, so so you, you got the love, the lull, which is yeah. having daring to sit in that uncertainty. Sit and down do, and, and open, sit in a hammock and grow a garden. And What else? Or, what other tool? What other, I mean, that's, that's a precious tool. That's, mm-hmm. that's a precious place that you went. Our listen. audience certainly will appreciate that. Listen. Listen. How does that serve you? What does that mean? Because I already know what I know. Mm. <laughs> share you selfish bastard so i can certainly share for sure and when i'm asked i certainly will but when i'm i like to i like to be you know i, I like to be uh, my mouth shut and my ears open mm. you know and and i get to watch other people share their experience and try to learn from that we get to watch you and share your experience. I know, now. You're and a, I'm very appreciative. That you guys <laughs> you're right there. You're right there. We're, we're, we're on the edge of, edges of our seat, <laughs> wanting to know how you wound up on that red carpet, uh, hanging around all the Oscar winners, and you were damn near an Oscar winner. So. Tom, my friend, it is visualization and continue to believe in yourself and, and trust. It is visualization, continue to believe in yourself, and it is trust. There's some, there's some, there's some big words right there. What's trust mean? What does trust mean <laughs> when you when you you're looking at your life and you go I don't know what I'm going to do next I don't know where rent's going to come from I don't know what this is I don't know if you know it's if this is going to be the last time I see my friend or my dad or you know all of those things you just take everything in and you just uh, you know you embrace it and you just go all right look I will I have made it this far mm. I have had amazing life experiences there's something on the other side of this Absolutely. that is extraordinary mm. and mm. I I don't know what that is You are firing me up so <laughs> much right now You are firing me up so much right now His man is firing me up right now That is it though You guys that ever is... get the opportunity to see this man doing his work you go see him do his work you watch a true artist that in in his job in his element live in his truth that's really beautiful. What else? Thank you, Tom. No, no, listen. <laughs> Trust. I, I want you to understand, uh, you probably already know that because you're a teacher and you're an inspiring artist and you get to see, you get feedback from other people who get to experience your work. I mean, that's probably relatively fresh to uh, get all of that feedback in the last two, three years, all the verification or the validation. But what is that? Has that affected you in a, in a converse way? Have you, have, have you not taken on this idea of yourself or develop an aspect of your ego that's gotten in the way of your work how have you managed to keep it real for yourself um in high school my theater teacher jana shoal <laughs> stuck these words into my ear and she says never take anything personally <laughs> and uh equally with criticism <laughs> and equally with compliments um yeah you know i i will say that you know uh about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I, I, you know, I, I had it kind of in that visual certainty that within, you know, the next year or two, I'd be a series regular. And that was kind of the projection hasn't happened yet, but I've gotten some great television show. I work saw, you, saw then, you, you sent me a fighting, uh, you're on some television show where you're oh, fighting, yeah. you're playing an ex-con, you're beating Ca- somebody up well, and there's, then, there's then Ca- you get beat up. Castle Rock. Castle Rock. I'm on that show. And then, uh, and then, um, 
That was probably Ray Donovan if I'm beating somebody up. <laughs> <What's> it? <laughs> yeah. Is that your stand guy, that's bye my, guy to beat one, up? <laughs> that's my that's my kind of niche. I, for some reason, I get the yeah. Well, guys. you and Thomas in that very like cult well, tell you horror what, you film. The, you oh, we the, had some fun. <laughs> it looked Avenged like it. Was it was very fun. you know it's really well done. And you know if you're into horror, it's kind of like fun. Yeah, you know, fun horror. One. Well, listen, yeah. like that, that's just it. I mean, here you have you're you're such a mild mannered, sweet, loving empath. Of an individual, and uh, you're saddled with playing these brutal types of characters. Now, I, I I kind of I kind of get it, but maybe you can shed some light on the 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 level of enjoyment because this is a, it's a called it's called joy score. Yeah. So even though you're playing a bloody murderer uh-huh. uh, who's just demented and all this stuff. Where, <laughs> Where is the Sounds, like like this is we're going to a psychopathic well, where well place. the paradox is the paradox is he's an artist yeah right and he's given a part and it doesn't matter what part the right. challenge is what where does that challenge lay when you get to a part that, that where he's such a these some of these characters are seemingly not human but they are very human right well you, your job is to find the humanity in these you know, brutal characters yeah. because everything's justified these people actually exist obviously we know history so they actually exist um the challenge is to to not you know let the script be the the it's the antagonist in the script let the script do that and then you know how much more inter- i mean you know this is joy score i don't want to <laughs> no 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 it's but, not it's it, well the point is the but, joy score is your enjoyment of getting the opportunity to understand an, an individual under given certain types of circumstances and then embody it and then share it. Yeah. Well, and every like, story has a bad guy, you know, and, and so we have a responsibility and I hope that that's my role for the rest of my career, the rest of my <laughs> life, because I want to be acting forever. Um, but, you know, it's, it's yeah, the, the, the antagonist has a drive and has a purpose has a he thinks that his actions or or her actions are justified 100 percent because they still want they still need the same basic human conditional things that everyone else so you guys must have a lot more compassion for people see that's 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 the huge thing that any artist any behavioral artist has to offer the world relative to taking a really close look at the people that are seriously struggling within the neurosis or within their psychosis and wrapping their mind around that individual and being compassionate for that individual in order to gain the insight into understanding what he might do and how he may do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. that's... If, if, our, if, our, if our humanity could grasp that concept and put the type of effort into understanding... Our families, right. our communities, like an actor puts his attention into understanding a character Absolutely. that has a has an imbalance, there wouldn't be an issue on this planet right now. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe, you could even watch film in that way because if you go in there and decide you're going to take on the identity of the superhero or the the psych, psychotic person in the film... That's dangerous. Like to go in there and think that, oh, I relate to that. I'm going to leave the theater. 
there's an opportunity, right, right, to go in there and actually see what you guys are seeing yeah. how, and have a better understanding of how you address those issues outside the theater. How, how do you do that? Do you see that crossover? Do you see how fabulous that would be? Um, I do. I think, you know... Oh, how about a one, two, three to empathy? <laughs> yeah. How about a one, two, three to empathy? What do you mean a one, two, three to like empathy? Like an audience. For, how do we... How do we like three steps into understanding our nemesis. Well, you know, in order to, I think anybody can. I think people are afraid to open themselves up. I think people are afraid because there's safety in judging others. There's safety in the other. There's, there's. I don't have to look at myself if I'm spending time judging other people. You know, so we have to first get over the uh, people's insecurity of just being who they are. You know, once we're once we teach people how to trust or let themselves be themselves, let themselves be themselves. That's yeah. one. Okay. Okay. That's, so that's we're here. We're let them. <laughs> let them be themselves. So, I'm so what we do is we let other people be themselves, right? Yeah. From a right one. Yeah. And then what do you do? Because you're doing it with your characters. Um, Give us some uh, insight uh, into that preparation. Just uh, what is it that I want? The phil- phil- uh, the physiological needs. Uh, are those met the uh, need to belong are those met the need to love are those uh, are those being met the 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 community the safety the structure are you writing this down are you writing it down quick enough can we write it down quick enough slow it down repeat yourself Uh, well this is step two and we're making sure our needs are met making uh, yeah making sure that the needs are met um the antagonist is normally driven usually because of conditioning early on conditioning abuse or or um blockage in some way abandonment those those things um the nurture component is inhibiting them from developing the correct serotonin in order that part of the brain is not developing correctly right so there's some things that you just can't fix after it's been uh messed with by the age of five seven so how do you empathize with that guy um, you go back. Well, there's a really great play called Frozen, uh, not the musical, <laughs> the Disney. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's a play. It's uh, I can't remember the name of the author. Um, it's a female writer. I can't remember her name. Um, I'll think of it in a second. Um, but the, the, the I they talk about the serotonin levels, and if you're hit on your head or you're abused, or you, you begin to protect yourself by not feeling, mm. by not feeling, yeah. by not feeling, so, and so eventually, by the time you become forty year old person, you can no longer feel, so you no longer have the ability to have empathy, and so um, if you no longer have the ability to have empathy, but you still want a sense of belonging, you still have a, a, a need. Oh, it's so you tragic. Still have, it's tragic, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what you're doing. You're, you're sort of putting yourself with an understanding that that's actually happening. And are you imagining what that would be like? Um, you know, I will give you this. Last week I was doing a proof of concept for a piece called Six Mile. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a really great. Good. Film. Look for it. Look for it, guys. Um, six Mile. And oh, it's it's a it's a ways away. Six miles away to ways. Six Mile is a thousand miles away, but it'll be here. <laughs> It's it's not it's before not quite, you know it. It's, it's like six. It's further than six miles. Right? That's true. It's three hundred and sixty-five um, miles. Away. <laughs> it's far. Um, anyway, so uh, there's there's a moment in it where um, I'm I'm talking to a victim, and 
she's frustrated me. She's been rude. She's been um, just not giving me attention, not giving me respect and appreciation and acknowledging that I exist. And and uh, in order to get to that place, I just started thinking of myself when I was in third grade and being bullied or being picked on. And, you know, that's Brion's experience and something in particular that that struck a chord with me. And I, I just started putting myself back there in that place. And um, it affected me emotionally. And that's that's what drove me in that scene was, you know, um, my ability to relate to that character mm. Now the script then is is taking different action than I would take. Brion would take. Thank <laughs> right. goodness, because I probably wouldn't be here. Um, but the script is 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 carrying that action forward in a way that you know uh, I'm certainly not going to judge, but I've got to do the action. So it gave you know? the insight you needed to make the choices you had to make in order to bring that thing to life. Yeah. So where does that, that, that lead that, us yeah. to the step three? No, well, oh. that, that, well, I mean, in terms of in, he used his own experience to create some sort of a parallel experience, which gave him a bit of an insight to wake up to what could be happening within that character. Mm-hmm. There's your there's your three right there. Yeah, is how how am I alike? How am I? How what are the similarities between me and this person? That's and beautiful. Because inside that's of each really of beautiful. us, uh, that's that's one of my quotes. Inside of each of us is everyone. You each are si- that, in, therefore I am. Of, huh. Each side. You of, are that, therefore I am. No, what did you just say? Say it again. Inside <laughs> each of us is everyone. Each side of each of us is everyone. Yeah. Each side of it. What? Hey, hey, that's it, that's so freaking beautiful. It's so true. I mean, it's so true, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> each side of. Each of us we is are, everyone. Our structure, our molecular structure, is the same as the entire universe. And so the universe is inside of us, and we are inside the universe. And, I mean, I you know it's all... No, no, it's, it's, it's not that... It's we're that, that's made up the, of that, the same thing. That saying simplifies it to such a huge degree. we got one minute. Okay. <laughs> what would you like to leave, the, leave our audience with? I love you, Tom. I think you're... <laughs> Fucking rock star, <laughs> and uh, tell you what, you've inspired Suzanne, me. It's you've so inspired. nice to meet you, it's and I, I want to talk to you more about uh, your shaman experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I've been wanting to do that ever since I went to to Colombia. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I would definitely like to do the ayahuasca. I tell you, I, I don't even, I, I can't even imagine it. I don't, I don't even want to imagine it. But <laughs> if you do it, I'll do it. I need to do if it. If you do it, I'll do it with you. I think it would hey. help. Yeah. Brian Davis, everyone. Hey, How about this definitely guy? give you How a different perspective. Guy? I think I should have used this frame the whole time because I think I was. You look better. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you, look you what. discovered something the, for us. I could, I could do the, that with the, my the, crotch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is fully produced. You're gonna have a good. You're gonna have tons of. You're gonna have tons of great angles. On yeah. Thomas did his job back there. You're gonna, you're gonna be covered. It'll be to the death. whole new Me Too movement. Hey, that's, that's Brian. Me too. Me too. <laughs> That's Brian Davis, everyone. Hey, Thomas, roll that next one. Uh, the two back-to-back, Shalise and Mac. Shal-
let you guys finish setting up. Putting we're your live headphones. now. Yeah, right, we're, we're back. live. We got two more wonderful guests in here. We got John Mac, Mac and we John got Shalise Makowski, right? Absolutely. Makowski. Say that five times really fast. Makowski, 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 Makowski. We need the surround sound. Makowski. I don't know. Do you like how you... Both of you, you get it there. You can get both of us here. Sorry. Just take a moment and frame that shot up for yourself. So, we're so excited. Are you excited, Thomas? We're going to transition from extremely excited. one creative realm into the next. I'll tell you what, Brian's a special guy. Special guy. We're lucky to have him as an artist making movies for us. That's for sure. Love it. Absolutely. So now we have the wild animal activists, <laughs> which is such an important, more important now than ever because of our uh, EPA. Let's 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 set those mics up for yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead and adjust them right in front of you, close by. Other close way. By. Other way. There you go. You're good. Okay. Shalise, there good. you go. There you go. All right. right. Perfect. Let's, perfect. Let me let me let me test you. Good. Yeah. Okay. Look, I yeah. Talk into that thing so I can hear you. Hello. <laughs> okay, you're, you're low. Come closer. Closer, closer to yeah. it. Closer? Eat it like okay, an ice cream cone. <laughs> there you go. How about you? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we yeah, got perfect. you. Hey, you're, yeah. you guys are, you're, we got you wired and we're live now. <laughs> so you're watching Brian back there? Uh, yeah, yes. we were listening to the interview. It was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Inter- interesting fellow. Yes. I, I, he was talking about the Amazon and he was talking about his experiences as an actor and as an artist. I mean, you're bringing another level of awareness uh, to our audience yes. relative to our surroundings and, and trying to help us key into important things that keep this world special. Can you, yes. can you tell us what that's about? Oh, well, I feel like nowadays, especially, we need more of that. You know, we need uh, people that are more tuned in and bringing more to the art. Um, I, I think it's evolved to that point now where, you know, a lot of a lot of creative people are... Pull that are, thing more in front oh, of your mouth. There we go. A lot of us you creative... Move, move to your left. Like here. How's that? Is that better? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now I'm going to okay. get ready. I was going to say a lot of people, uh, creative people in general, uh, are becoming more activist uh, involved and, and becoming more in that realm because I think it's a natural progression of, you know, wanting to use your creative gifts to heal the planet or to help people or whatever it is you're passionate about. But I, I think it's a natural progression. What brings you two together to, uh, to protect these endangered, beautiful wild animals? It was a group effort. We actually met at the Closer Emmy's, to the mic. Emmy's Gifting Suites. Oh, Emmy's Gifting yes. Suites. That's yeah. what you guys that's, are doing tomorrow, yeah? Yeah. yeah. You we, met there at it. the Gifting Suites? Originally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's kind of random. Well, yes. I was a vendor. I was oh, okay. a vendor with my oils. With your oils, which yeah. we have some right yeah, here. Yeah, we have some oils. I don't know there. where the camera is. Yeah, it's right there, right in front of you. All there right, you go. there, camera. Yeah. And open it up, and you'll see. So, so anyway, so, so what's the passion there? So, 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 so tell us. Yes. I, I know. I mean, I saw in your music video, you guys got. If you watch those uh, beautiful promos, there, you got to see a little bit of uh, uh, of John Max's uh, music video prowess. Music prowess, and in there, you had a lot of wild animals. You had a lot of tigers. You had a yes. you had a person dressed up as a tiger. Yes, that was you. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> 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 So what's so what's yes. happening? Tell us, tell us, tell us what we're up against, and and and, and tell tell us about this this challenge of uh, protecting the, our endangered. Well, I think it, right now it's uh, you know now more than ever it's needed. I, I think the, everybody's kind of seeing it. The world is 
be coming to a point where um, we really start, really, really have to go into overtime taking care of our planet because, uh, you know, just the, the devastation that's happened, even alone in, in Florida, we were just talking about what's happening now in Florida with the, you red know, the tide. Gulf and the red tide. Yeah, it's uh, all over the world, really. Um, but I think, it, you know, we're both caring, passionate people, and I think we both... Uh, have the same vision of really wanting to do something to legitimately make a difference, you know, mm. not just talk about it. But well, there must be it. there yeah. must be something about the 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 animal. I mean, where where were you when you woke up to this particular plight? Oh, gosh, you know, I I mean, I've been I've been aware of the animal abuse for a long time, and I you know I went to uh, Thailand in 2012, and I first got to meet my first elephant there, and mm. had is that, that the elephant that kissed you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Once you've been kissed by an elephant, that's it. That was the sweetest back. little moment. You see that? Yeah. Just, so it it kind of just went. <laughs> it's like humans. That's right. That's right. And you were, you were like a seventh grader getting kissed by a boy for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I think I, I fell in love. I mean, I've always been in love with animals. I grew up on a farm. But I think, uh, you know, so for me, it's a natural thing as a nature lover, an animal lover. But I started to really realize a few years ago, I think after I went to Thailand and paying more attention to what's going on in the media with the... Uh, you know, South Africa and, and, and Asia and all this uh, poaching issues. It's just uh, in the last few years, it's really ramped up and, and where it's devastating. How's, that, it's, how's it possible for it to ramp up? There's not many of those animals left. I know. I know. that That's the scary thing. Their, their they killing just, is just Yeah, 80 were they found last week, yes, I think. In, yes. Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, Boswa- no, Boswani? Uh, or, or, yeah. yeah, Botswana. Yeah. Botswana. Botswana. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was awful. I mean, just alone that many in one. Yeah, you know. and so I mean, to shout out if we can talk because this is a serious mm-hmm. subject yes. matter, but you know we're also here about joy. But the one thing that I noticed when I'm in service, what does it yes. do? It improves your joy score. It makes you happier to know that you're extending a kind hand, and especially to something that doesn't have a voice. So if you could share really quickly with the listeners how they could actually help right now because with mm-hmm. the with the subject matter down in Africa it's at debate so there is a chance for uh humanity to have a voice that we do want to save absolutely. our endangered species absolutely i mean i think like i think that the public outcry that has been growing more and more that we i mean we we always vote with our pockets so like some things like countries that are maybe uh more guilty of the poaching issue there are certain mm. countries that we're aware of you know maybe not supporting those countries anymore as much as we did those things seem to work i mean we can sign petitions which is great and and get out there and just just get be at the voice i think that is the, the groundwork of what we can do but um, you know we, we look for foundations and, and, and nonprofits that are really out there on the field you know doing it you know really yeah. doing it like the you know the David Sheldrick Foundation and people like that that they're really rehabilitating you know like orphaned elephants who've been victims their mother was poached or right. something you know this is very common now that these animals are they're, they're babies and they're abandoned there's nobody they can't fend for themselves right. you know so supporting groups like that and groups that are protecting the animals like yeah, we did like the, the black yes, mambas yeah that it's is key what's, what's yeah. the black mambas what is that it's a group of african-american women and they are trained like tactically you know Mm -hmm. with the gear and everything to defend the the reserve yeah so what we did last year with our galas we raised money and sent it over there so they could buy arm vests so they could buy bullets guns whatever they needed to to protect to protect the yeah. rhinos. Well, there must be yeah. there must be some inciting act. I mean, it's it takes a it's a takes a, it's a big step between 
being a passive observer to being somebody that takes a first step to try to do something. Yes. Do you remember where you were when you decided? Yeah. I mean, you know, it is funny for me, like the video that we showed a little bit of the with the tigers and everything. That was kind of my first step of like as an artist saying, you know what? I want to do something concrete, not just um, I'd been celebrity ambassador for different nonprofits and things like that in the past, but nothing of my own. So after we made that video, um, I was talking to other, you know, creative people that I know and saying we, we want to do something with our talents and pull our talents to somehow, you know, do something instead of mm. just sitting here passively, you know, being upset all the time. And, yeah, you know, yeah. like, oh, my God, you know, everybody's upset when you see this scrolling on Facebook and you see things that are happening out there. It's like you feel helpless. So we said, no, we're going to, you know, start with the video, which is raising awareness, but then take it from there. And, and you know, Shalise and I had been friends and, and working together anyway. So we said, let's just, you know, let's try to put together good people and, and, and try to do our own events even, you know, whether it's raising awareness and raising money at the same time, right? you know, just using any sort of celebrity that anybody has to bring that in and bring awareness and, right. you know, step by step. And we did our first event last year and it, you know, it was, it was a, a learning curve and challenging, but also a wonderful experience. And, you know, we finally felt like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I walked the talk. I didn't just, you know, yeah. we raised well, money to give to them to help see them. There, and see, do you see her? Do you feel yeah, her? Yeah, absolutely. So, so your, your joy score is going up. Oh, yeah. great. <laughs> Can you feel it? it? Of course, yeah. yeah. Can you feel it? So it's kind of like like what we're trying to get after is that when you start to serve and you're, like uh, Brian was saying, at some point you have to trust the lull. You have to like live in an empty space not knowing for a minute and let that little voice come rise up in you and give you a little direction, right? Absolutely. And you start to go down that road and you start to feel like you belong here. There's a purpose Yes. Yeah. That's and what's right. interesting is you're both artists. You're a healing artist, right? right. I would. I would. I would. And I would, an author. Uh, and an author. And <laughs> and we have a we have a musician. Yes, we have a musician, musician, singer, pro- music producer. So, so how are how are these little sidebars to your life fulfilling, helping you fulfill your musical or your or your or your healing pursuits? I mean, how, what's the relationship there between being proactive and helping something that mm-hmm. doesn't have a voice right. relative to you conscientiously doing your day-to-day gigs of you know developing musical talent or being right. talented yourself or or helping somebody heal from GP right it what, is what are those relationships it's my practice i mean we were talking about the lull mine is being in that space in that mm-hmm. space where i can let things happen and that's taken a long time. That's a beautiful. That's well well defined, though. The lull is the space where you let things happen. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so, what happens? What happens right. as things yeah. as you let things happen? When you let go, then things really start to happen. So, the more you let go, and the more you trust, and have faith in the process, it works. Which process is that? The process of manifesting what you want. Ah. Well, then can you share? It Please do tell the <laughs> well, process of manifesting what you want. Well, it's with my practice. You know, I'm Kundalini Yoga certified teacher, and that truly saved my life like 10 years ago with a traumatic brain injury that I had, severe. And I met Dr. Lynn Crocker at a holistic. Well, Dr. Lynn. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Lynn, Dr. the Lynn. magical Dr. She's a wonderful Kundalini teacher as well. Yes, yes. And entrainment entertainment now. I mean, we're doing some <laughs> crazy, crazy pro- projects, but it's it 
enabled me to to put my brain back together so to speak and it's been a journey I mean I went from having severe um, cognitive challenges to you know now I'm on PubMed I have my research published I'm I'm here that's right <laughs> I'm I'm working with 4,000 people on Facebook with gastroparesis and mm-hmm. other digestion disorders I'm working yeah. with Sean and we're doing mm-hmm. you know defending the endangered so so what, what so what so basically that job that initial job or finding your way even in the Kundalini yoga and then you and your aromatherapy and healing in these allowed you the space to sort of wake up to this extra thing yeah or maybe this thing that you were meant to be doing right meant to be doing and I truly believe my accident was like a wake-up call for me yeah. to get on the track that I needed to be to be right of, here. I can't tell you how many accidents I've had. <laughs> You're still waking up? I, I, each, each you need one, a bell? It's, it's a slap in the face. These are wake-up calls. So those, are, those are opportunities, right? Mm. Uh, we find ourselves down we, and, and how, we, how we put ourselves back together or how we allow ourselves to find our truth path from that unfortunate well that's the transition you know the the trauma the event the wake up well the phoenix the rising out of the ashes i mean it's like uh it's like a continual rebirth would you kind of explain it describe it like that like a rebirth yeah absolutely it's like being pushed off the cliff and know you're going to land on your feet how about about being a musician (laughs) how does that how did that bring you to this is your musical prowess sort of uh cry out for things that don't have voices are you pulling that into your musical yeah. development and all of that i think that's always been my kind of my bag is to, to give the voice to the voiceless or, or the underdog you know i've always been a big fan of that and i think music is one of those catalysts that's always been there for the underdog and been there to give the voice to those who don't always have it and that's what i love about music it is the universal language and you know you can express so much through it that words can't say you know it's uh it's healing sound is healing in itself you know, it's, Explain that. How does that work? Uh, sound frequencies. I mean, it's scientifically scientifically proven that you know sound affects our cells and our you know we're made of water and molecules and it really literally affects us and and vibrates our, our cells in different ways. So I'm I'm a b- firm believer in in that and in like binaural beats and. So what is the joy on. frequency? What, what is, is the ah well was what is the joy frequency? whatever works for you yeah yeah that's true there's, that's not, true. A, there's yeah, not a universal so. frequency that kind of reflects joy well there's the there's the uh, the Schumann resonance which is what seven point eight hertz of the planet that's the and a cat's purr. Mm. Yeah. Explain. Explain. Uh, yeah. it's supposedly it's the same. <laughs> Our audience needs to understand the cat's purr and the seventh. Yes, yes. There's a supposedly that in science they have uh, they've documented that the resonance of the planet makes seven point eight hertz. That's the hum that we hear, the vibration of the planet. Seven point eight hertz. Yes. So that's a yes. magical number. That's a magical number, absolutely. And and a cat's purr matches that and a lot of things in nature sort of match that. But there's a reason why when you hold a purring. We gotta cat, figure out how to get seven eight point hurts in here yeah well, yeah. Then, well like how five, do we got seven eight point how five twenty eight five twenty eight is yes one for happiness as well five yes. five twenty eight yeah. five point two eight hertz no, five hundred and twenty eight hertz that's right yeah. that's all right seven point eight five twenty eight two very important <laughs> numbers to get a hold of because hey if we can get happy from a frequency from the outside source right i mean what yeah. a what a wonderful healing tool that is right 
Absolutely. But there is, it's not as simple as that. Like you can't just impose that frequency on an energetic field because they might need to be like, when we're all talking about those moments where we dove off the cliff and we needed to free fall. If all of a sudden I'm pumping you with a frequency that's going to pump you back up high, then there's what we call spiritual bypassing. We avoid different things. So sometimes it's really important to actually go through the process where you're not you're actually why can't dissipating. You just, why can't you just get a cat? <laughs> I mean, I had a, I had a cat. <laughs> his name was his name was Catface. His nice. name was Catface. <laughs> and I had a I had a snake at the time, like a fourteen foot python. Oh, his nice. name was Snake. And but but the cat Catface would purr, and he would but follow also, me around like a dog, do? and he'd make me happy. Cats yeah. also. There what else do cats it. do? Cats put you in their place. Like yeah. cats will tell you when you know not to bug them. Cats will tell you when you have an attitude. I would imagine that's a whole other frequency. Yeah. Though, right? that's, that's another that's, frequency. That's not the seven point eight per frequency. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, if cats are using this frequency, human beings must be using this frequency. We all on are each using other. this frequency. Yeah. We're all well, part yeah. of nature. Maybe it's a pickup that's joint right. frequency. Well, it is. What? There is. I mean. Just like you said, you could feel John's joy score raising. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. We're creating that's that oneness. That so when that bell goes yeah. off, Ooh, wow. <laughs> we're apparently we're reaching some sort of a frequency that we can all universally yeah. accept as some sort of joy or some sort of happiness, right? Absolutely. We gotta get some of that. Get some. Gotta get a cat. Apparently. <laughs> Um, but, but 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 a pet in itself also, yeah. as we all know, or any animal, when that elephant kissed you, yeah, you were through the roof. Oh my god, she was, she yeah. was giddy and blushing. Yeah. Money money can't buy those those moments, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. But somehow somehow I guess as we evolve with all the nano technology and biotechnologies and all these things coming together and the expansion of human beings, uh, I guess I guess I guess we're evolving. And we're looking for these. We're looking for these things that conscientiously make us happier. We're looking for these these frequencies. I guess in the future won't be. We're just talking about it. I'm sure everybody's already researched researched just the death. But to make it a practical application and to seek out the things, the best things in life, where we don't have to be popping pills or we don't have to be and aromatherapy. You know, that's been around for thousands of years. You can put a smile on someone's face just by inhaling. Which one? Inhaling which one? Which aroma? Well, rose is one. But I mean, like, break out rose. Break out some rose. I have relax. I have rose here. Relax and release. Relax and release. What what kind of herb is that? That's that's one of my. Is it okay that I open this? Yeah, yeah. Open it. (laughs) Uh, We're we're gonna we're gonna open some relax and release (laughs) aromatherapy stuff. (laughs) What's it made out of? Can I have it some? Has, yeah, yeah. Here, hand that to her. Let her hand it to me. <laughs> I want to try some of this. Is it? Is it? Is it nice? No, kind of it bring smells it over here. awful. No, no, see. Let me try it. <laughs> smells awful. This one, you know, Mountain <laughs> Spirit. This doesn't smell awful. No. What is this? So, how do you use it? It's just like that. So, Mountain Spirit. Is yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm done. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> So, <laughs> think about when you're ill. Would you, do you want some? <laughs> oh, I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. share some here. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, take it. Like, we, all, we all get high on this stuff. It? Yes, you can. This is going to put dispensary out of business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's, that's really nice. This is good. So, so think you know. about if you don't feel good and 
chronically that's ill. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. That's really nice. You know, that's something that yeah. can help. And it's just inhaling. So that's that, that, that's amazing. So you're healing all sorts of different ailments. <laughs> with... It's just inhaling. Well, <laughs> shall we? Everyone there, 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 inhale. There must be something <laughs> seriously primal going on through the sensory, through the sense of smell in order for aroma. Well, speaking of yeah. large animals, if you watch the cats, a large jaguar or lions, yes, they will go and they will actually eat different plants to have different experiences. They'll even have psychedelic experiences right. on certain plants at certain times. That smell a certain oh, way. Yeah. 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 Well, they smell, they taste, they have a vibrational frequency that draws them in. Ah, so the the primitive animals are actually being drawn to different aromas as well. Yep. Yeah. That, would, that would make sense, super, especially given their <laughs> four or five hundred times sense of smell that a human has, right? Oh yeah. 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 Well, well, that and that's just it. A lot of these animals are. I mean, we got to assume that they're all extrasensory, right? They live outside. So. They live in a wild world where other things are trying to yes. consume them. They must have a heightened sense of. Uh, Awareness that I guess I can certainly appreciate when I watch Animal Planet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's their innate state of being. That's how they're designed. We're all yeah. designed that way too. We're That's designed right. to have this innate sense of being, just but, like but a tiger. Our, but our animals a great example for us to aspire to. Absolutely. Like it, we're destroying yeah. a lot of these yeah. uh, beautiful beasts that actually represent. Uh, our universal strength, even though they might be, you know, they might be predatory. You know, there's seven point seven billion of us. We can afford to spare a few of us yeah. for <laughs> them to eat, right? Plenty of people on the planet. That's for sure. Well, there's no beginning or end, Thomas. So just because you take a new form doesn't mean anything. Oh, there you, hey, there you go, right? Just right. keeps going, right? Well, that, there must be. There must, there also, that's, that's that's my love of animals too. Yeah. The the their acuity, their innate sense, their innate presence, yes. their intuitive understanding about what's going on, their mm-hmm. their correct read of our behavior, yes. their reactive nature to the truth of our behavior, and uh, so many of us misunderstand their behavior and perce- and create the reactions in these very sensorial, primal beasts. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that's why we got to step up. That's why we're doing what we're doing. You know, like a couple of weeks ago, you know, mm-hmm. Sonny Marler and myself, we went down. Sonny, my favorite filmmaker. Sonny, yeah. Another one of my favorite filmmakers. Yeah. That guy, Sonny, you're off the hook, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> we, lo- we love you. You just keep keep creating. Right, right. So I told him you have to come to Florida because around the Gulf Coast, from Sarasota all the way down the Cape Coral, we're losing thousands and thousands of marine life. So we went down, we connected with Gasparilla Boat Tours, Captain Jack, who, who is amazing, him and his wife Dawn. And they took us out for several hours and they were showing us the quality of the water was horrible. No. That's some of the video that we saw oh, that we put yeah. in your little, their that little, was, little promo. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the trip you're talking about. Yeah, Amy... Uh, Wise, who has this great big long word that means working with water. You know, she's a specialist with water. And that little clip she was sharing with us the procedures and and different things to test. And she's actually part of the Captain Planet project, which is going to schools and educating kids Mm -hmm. and getting this message across. So Captain Jack and his wife, who has lost a great deal of money, from this because 
I mean, last count, 66 tons of marine animals were wow. scooped off the beaches. So what he's done is turning this into a positive. So he's doing eco tours. He's taking people out and saying, look, listen, this is what we can do. It's not politics. It's not agricultural. It's everything together. So this is how, as a whole, we need to move forward. And that's and, Captain Jack? Yeah, Captain Jack. <laughs> Captain Jack where, in Orlando? No, he's in, um, was it, Port Charlotte, but it's Gasparilla Boat Tours. And actually, his story is amazing. 27 years on a submarine. and is that, Does he run a nonprofit down there? Um, no, he does boat tours. And him and his wife retired from, I think, is Washington. Well, that's a great that's a great example of somebody taking some initiative and yeah. and, and and doing the Gandhi thing, uh, making the world as uh, you want to see it. What is it? What, yeah. What's what's Gandhi say? Well, be, he the, says, be the change you want to see in the world. Be the yeah. change, but actually, be what the, he meant same. was to make change, not yeah. be the change you want to see in the world. Make change. Make. He make. didn't say make. He said that's be. what he meant. Oh, God, she's correcting Gandhi. This no, way. it's true. It's true, because if you think the, yeah. that has to come internally, you have to make that change internally. Absolutely. Make the change you want to see in the world. Right. Make the change. Yeah, it's moving into action. Oh, nice. Yeah. Make the change. We just amended Gandhi. That's a, <laughs> how about our high horse over here? Right. But that's what it's about. That's why we started Sunny Road Productions and Entrainment Entertainment, because we got a voice. You know, now we have John coming on board with us, and it's important to get the mission across, to explain, because the children is where they're going to make that change. It's not going to be with us. Right. And it's important to reach people like Captain Jack and Garrett Stewart of the planet, the project. Captain Planet. Yeah, Captain Planet Project. Those are the people that are reaching out, grabbing the kids, and we want to tell yeah. those stories. And it's like, you know, with my work with gastroparesis as well. There's 5 million people a year diagnosed with gastroparesis with no cures, no mm-hmm. tools for them to work with. And I, I couldn't stand it. You know, I just couldn't stand it. I've had digestive mm-hmm. challenges myself um, based off the overuse of antibiotics because when we're kids... You know, and you have ear infections. What they do? Yeah, yeah. They just loaded loaded us up, and then they're like, "Oh, you have a tummy ache. It's okay." But after a couple of generations of taking the antibiotics, then our yeah. bodies become immune to the <laughs> yeah. to, to the biotics. Yes. And, and then there's digestion issues. Then so. you have that very nuanced process by which you're by which you're taking your clients back into health through probably all sorts of unconventional means i would imagine it's back to basics natural na- yeah. natural means yeah natural very, means. yeah very very original, simple nat- original that's not unconventional yes. Un- yeah. original not feeding them fritos yeah. that's that's what got them there was the fritos yeah <laughs> but it's about just sorry frito yeah sorry Oops. but it's about it's about teaching the basics like simple simple basics Himalayan salt for digestion, um, you know, the oils to support the body, kefir, kefir of all things, yep. you know, for healthy flora and just clean diet. I teach them about medication, but not to overload. So right. they figure it out. It gives them the strength 
to get their life back, so, and then so they after, pay it after forward. after the, after all the clients at the end of their rope with with Western convention, then they turn to alternatives, and yeah. hopefully hopefully they find you to help give 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 them relief. Tell me about tell me, uh, Miss John Mack. Tell tell us about the the music journey, because you know you got mm-hmm. a whole boatload of people that imagine themselves to be rock stars <laughs> or imagine themselves right. to be up on a stage being admired by thousands of people and and uh, as that artist makes them feel things that they want to feel yes how yes. do you how do you go about how do you go about that process um like being as a musician or as a talent as a talent like like how does that how do you how do you do that well, I mean, I think part of the important thing is like, you know, it's cliche, but just you have to stay true to your yourself and your, your expression and your, you know, what your intention was in the beginning, like who you are as a person and as an artist are very connected in many ways. In terms you know? of your voice, in terms of developing your voice. Yes. All, yeah. All so of that. who you, who you are mm-hmm. and your da da da. Yes. And, and that influences what comes out of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, music is very personal, you know, even though you're writing songs for the world in a way, it comes from a very personal place to begin with. So you have to be, um, you know, hundred percent honest with that process. I how think. do you, how do you embody it? And then how do you share it? There must be like <clears throat> yep. three different prices. There's one thing about writing a song is another thing about in implementing it well i do i do a lot of my own recording and producing so i mean i'm there from the ground up so i kind of have the vision you know the overall vision of what i'm trying to get what's your process oh i mean you know it goes from scraps of ideas to me getting in the studio and just getting my hands dirty and so how do you do it so what's your process uh i start with (laughs) melodies you know lyrics sometimes melodies or little sound bites and i get in there and i i mean i'm i'm in the pro tools mode or you know in that editing mode how are you inspired though i mean there must be something i mean not everybody's just going to sit down at pro tools no no no. (laughs) personal home studio yeah and they know what to do there must be something else I think what inspires me is like, like first of all, like just even my work with the, with the animals, trying to restore. I mean, when you were talking, Shalise was saying earlier. I think a lot of what we're trying to get back to is restoring balance. And I think, you know, what I want to say through my music is the the return to yourself, the return to innocence, the return to balance. You know, that's a, a theme I'm always exploring. Uh, how do you find your balance? How do you um, do it? I mean, I'm always trying to do it. You know, I don't think I've ever done. Okay, I found it. That's it. You know, I think it's always a, a method. How do you do it? When, um, when you do get close what are to some it? of the things? Yeah. Oh, I mean, going out in nature is a big thing for me. So you what know, do you just do? Where to, do you like to walk? Um, I go. I go on hikes. Like, uh, I mean, I live in LA, which you know we know tons is of, be, tons, ten, of hiking. tons of hiking and trails, and you know I, I hang out with my animals. You so know, you I must be doing of, something on that trail that's special. Yeah. I mean, just to me, just simple things like walking barefoot in the dirt is something that grounds you and, and inspires you, and you know, listening to nature. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. Like if you quiet. What's your favorite hike? Um, I mean, gosh, I I like going off the beaten trails. I I mean, I used to live near Griffith Park, so Uh I used to love going there. Um, So put yourself back on Griffith Park Trail. I know the one you're on. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Take 30 seconds. Put yourself back on the trail. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Yep. Let's all go back. Let's go back. (laughs) To some trail. Your favorite trail. Your favorite hiking trail. (laughs) And it's a beautiful day. Sun's out. Feel the sun on the left side of your face. Right. Yeah. Just the sound of your feet kind of <laughs> just putzing up the hill. <laughs> right. And we got the. As we walk oh, along man. the path, we are. What happens? I notice 
notice the flowers and I notice the breeze on my face. A hawk flies over. I increased heartbeat. I feel the hills getting a little steeper. But then I notice it's not really me going up the hill. <laughs> it's the body just moving up the hill. But then where am I? Am I somewhere? Am I this body just moving up the hill? Or are you nowhere? Nowhere, somewhere. Everywhere. Nowhere, somewhere, everywhere. Somewhere in between. <laughs> nowhere, somewhere, everywhere, somewhere in between. I think I got a song. I think I got to write this down. <laughs> Oh my God, oh my God, do I have my iPhone? I gotta write, where's my notes? Wait, I don't, I don't, wait, wait. Don't, don't go away, what, what wait, was I just wait, feeling? What was wait. I just thinking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that how it works, Connor, maybe? No, a little bit, I think like that. That's a, Inspiration hits you at the most random moments, but that's a good start. I think it's an excellent start. Absolutely. Yeah, that's sort of what yeah. happens, you just kind of find your way, and yeah. all of a sudden something kind of climbs up, and Some, you like, yeah, start putting like pieces together. Yeah, like an idea or like, something I keep hearing. You know, I, I, I think that kind of the universe speaks to you, so when I when I hear themes coming across in my life, I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, wait a minute, that keeps popping up, so maybe it's time to explore what's, that What's theme. the last theme that just popped up? Um, Gosh. Well, I mean, independence. That's a big theme for me, finding your own way of independence in the world, independent thought, independent That's expression. That's a good one to find on the mm. hiking trail, because yeah. if you're not with somebody chatting your head, off, then you're <laughs> just all by yourself walking up a hill, right? That's right. Well, That's John, right. Cher, when you were, you know, you just came back off the set, she was yeah. being very perceptive about appreciating the culture and how yes. different it was here. Yes. yes. Well, I mean, I love, I love part of what I love doing about, you know, about our profession and, and, and you get to travel the world and, and meet people of all different cultures. And mm. to me, that's the best. I, I get a lot of inspiration from that. And I get, I, I just find that it makes you a better person. It makes me a better person too. How do you know you're becoming a better person? Um, because I, I'm more, my, my view of the world is more worldly, uh, less judgmental. And, and so just what does that taught. do? It raises her choice. Yeah. Yes. Race choice score goes up. There it Joy is. Choice score yes. goes up. You, yes. said, you said something really interesting. How do you define independence? Um, independence, uh, being able to be autonomous and, 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 and just be your own thoughts, your own, your own goals, your own action. Um, it's not just financial. It's just, to me, independence is freedom, freedom of your own expression and thought. That's an independent person is is not you know pull that mic closer to you. Uh, not having to um, follow the crowd you know mm. like finding your own experiences and yeah. finding your own value from that not having to you know get your validation from others I mean that is independence is is not what happens when you don't need that well wait what you're in the field yes where you're the light's shining on you right yes yes so what an interesting life lesson yes oh my gosh yeah. and so how is your art and craft going to transform now I think it's gotten I think it's gotten better because I have a, a stronger perspective to speak yeah. from you know I mean I'm it's always a learning process you know we're still yeah. here on this planet we're always learning right yeah, as long absolutely. as we're here we've got a lesson to learn and a new day to learn it you know um but for me I feel like it's made me more multi-dimensional yeah. as an artist and and just you know like I said I think my work has changed and evolved over the years just because of that you know yeah. because of that is That's to me huge. important yeah it's very very big how yeah, do you, how do you know absolutely. you're how do you know you're evolving as opposed 
opposed to devolving. <laughs> I it's a feeling I get. I I hope so. I hope nobody looks at my work or me and says, "Oh my God, she's getting worse." <laughs> she was so good back like, then. Oh, but now I don't know. Yeah, she, she was should like, go back to right conforming. <laughs> so much better Please ten years conform. ago. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think it's a feeling you get. I mean, like because art is so subjective. So what does an artist feel on your own work and yourself? You have to sometimes take a pause and look back at what you did a few years ago because sometimes we just are always pushing forward we forget yeah so sometimes when you look back at what you did a few years ago oh my perspective's broadened since then or well, well, you well, the cool thing about the objective existence of being an artist is you have an audience yeah so your audience gives you the feedback and lets you know sort of definitely. where you're at so definitely if from that perspective it's not subjective it's are people responding to me am i able to <laughs> am i able to engage them are they are what do i have to do to make this more impactful for them but doesn't that, it get a little right. complicated because like what you're touching on mm-hmm. is that you have freedom of thought and freedom of expression yes. but what mass media and pop culture has is like how do we get everyone to conform so they all are entertained in the same way yeah well we we're talking about that universal chord that they were kind of striking when they first came in in terms of what what is universally binding us together and it seems like mm-hmm. that that entertainer also has that obligation to know to strike that universal chord in order to get through to all of us make us all pay attention but wouldn't it be more like art in the round where it's the art that serves in that moment versus Mm -hmm. like you know america is great for pop culture like we've mastered Mm -hmm. pop culture but does that serve because what your what feeds your soul is like seeing the different cultures you know you don't want to see necessarily the same store every country you want to see the different textiles and the crafts and all that stuff that brings you joy look at you your face is beaming yeah so (laughs) how in the arts do we do that because well we can kind of tell what what struck those universal chords because we're still listening to it right so it seems like those frequencies and that artist managed to get through we're still listening to the Beatles we're still listening to Mozart we're still listening to Beethoven we're still listening to we're still reading Shakespeare we're still we turn to those old movies that resonate uh, and there's something magical within those pieces of work any great piece of work objective piece of work influences whatever generation happens to come upon it right of course and sometimes repeats again Yes. Oh, sure. Well, I guess, well, whether the artist taps back into that universal, I think that's the repetition because we're all kind of working. Like like Brian was saying, the indigenous, you know, him being an actor and, and him working with indigenous folks that took two months of acting classes <laughs> and managed to turn in an Oscar winning, Oscar nominated right. performance. You're, you're sort of, we're all sort of working back to our essence in order to impact our audience. And that's a, God, what a journey, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that doesn't change is the human condition. Right. That's, I right. mean, that's all great art is based on the human condition from Shakespeare to right. Beethoven to, you know, even the Beatles, the simple, right. you know, the love songs about <laughs> the girl. I got to yeah. get the girl. And yeah. are you ever able, are you ever allowed to be satisfied? Uh, I don't know if I allow myself to be. Maybe that's mm. it. Maybe I need to allow myself more of that. Oh, I'm not Is suggesting it? that. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think I'm never satisfied. I'm always like, I want so I want to keep growing and achieving more. But mm. I mean, there is something to be said for stepping back and, 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 and giving yourself some credit and, you know, taking a moment to be like, okay, I've gone this far. I've achieved this. This is good. You know, there's mm. a balance there. I think I had, there's I had, a, I had this brilliant artist living in my garage and... I would buy him paints and I would buy him canvases, right? And he would, 
you just be happy painting. Yes. Right? But the problem was, is I go in there, I go, God, that's a damn masterpiece, right? And I go in there the next day, and he would have painted over. I was like, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? He said, eh, yeah, I, don't know. I didn't have Sounds another true. canvas, so I just painted over it. And I was like, dude, I wanted that from my wall. You're not staying in my garage for nothing. But his satisfaction, his sense of not the part that was creating it wasn't the part that was judging it. Exactly. And it was like, wow, he's ebbing and flowing between his creative genius and then he'd step back and his judgmental eye would come in there and he'd destroy it. And I was like, whoa, I so get it, but I don't paint. Yeah, but you maybe know? he wasn't attached too. Like he knew he could make another one. He wasn't attached at, at But the thing is, was his, and I, I, I know musical artists because I've coached many, many musical artists. And either the artist is really strong in the studio, or they're strong in front of an, uh, an, an audience. But it's sometimes that they're not; they can't work in a studio, or they have they, they freeze up in front of an audience. So my job was to sort of show them the common denominators between one side and the other, and how to create within the studio, and how to manage and use the audience's energy, right? But their even their ear to what. The audience was responding to so positively they go back and they listen to it and with a judgmental perspective which can't even begin to pick up the nuances of the genius of their own work hmm well I having mean, ha hung out with many musicians well, that's you manage the who well, did, who, one of the peas, not all of them, but the, <laughs> <laughs> she managed one of the black eyed peas. But yeah. the, that aspect is that toning. Like, remember, Will I Am would tell me, he's like, I was with Michael Jackson in the studio, and he would sit there under his under a table, crushing ice and recording it, yeah. because that was inspiration to him. So that you know, I think it's always, especially a group like the Black Eyed Peas, they're always trying to think of the layers because their music is so it's yeah. not acoustically based; it's very complex. I'm just thinking how many times I sabotage my own life doing exactly <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> Go to work, develop something, work really hard. You know, part of me is not even aware of the the amount of you know uh, the amount of gain that I'm getting out of it, and then I start to judge myself and start to look back at the accomplishments and all of a sudden I destroy the whole thing. I can't, I've probably gone through 20 cycles of that. That's okay. As I always tell my clients, you keep repeating cycles until you don't anymore. And at that point when you're ready to depart from that pattern is your masterpiece. Right. If you don't get in there and screw it up, no, it'll yourself. happen. It'll happen. The universe yeah. isn't in a hurry. Oh, I'm not saying the universe. I'm not saying the universe. But aren't we, aren't we kind of programmed with these? Uh, how, how are your expectations and requirements? Are you hard on yourself? Oh or yes. You? Oh, thank. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just so you know, the part that's yeah. hard on yourself is not the part that creates it. I know. I know. And that <laughs> that's the biggest trick is getting out of your own way. Yeah, you know? I think that's absolutely. everybody's. Trick, yeah. you Who's know? in your own way? Explain that. <laughs> I'm in my own way sometimes. You know, when you get wait, too much wait, in you your head. you are just you. How are you in your own way? How many are in there? Uh, good question. <laughs> Some days more than others. Man, <laughs> no, is, man is legion. Man is legion, Man right? is legion, that's right. And I think, but I think that's a big, that's a big challenge for a lot of artists is getting out of your own way where that judgmental, critical thing comes in. It's not good enough. It's I'm not good enough. That I think we all have to battle that that, how, that how monster. Do you, how, do you you know, that? how do you how do you slay that dragon? Um you know, I think for me, I, I, I sometimes, you know, I have to take a step back. Sometimes when I'm making music I just I just 
do it, I do it, I do it, and then I take a break from that particular thing and I come back at a later time because I'm too saturated with it. So I need to, and then I start something else and I come back to it. For me, that seems to give me a fresh perspective because I'm not so hooked on that one thing and obsessed about it. I think it's having a, you know, to eat with us a week, taking a week breather and then coming back with fresh ears, fresh you hear perspective. that, guys? That, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's one way an artist goes about her business. We have an audience. Do you have any advice for her? Any young musicians, any young people? We only got a couple minutes left. Yeah, I mean, my, my advice is, uh, you know, the tried and true of, of, of being being true to who you are and what your your message and your vision. Why, why did you become an artist in the first place? What is it you want to express? I mean, we all have a, our own perspective of things, but I think it's um, I think as an artist, you can't lose that side of that because it can't be for the fame, the money, all that stuff. That's all side stuff. It really... As an artist, like, what are you trying to say? What is important? Because obviously you became an artist for an, a reason. So what is your what is your message to the world? You know, and, 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 and if you don't lose sight of that, I think that that's your guiding light through everything. You know, why did I why did I become an artist? You know, what's important Answer to Answer that me? question as to why I became an artist. Yeah. And, that gets, and, then, and then what do you do? Sit in a lull and wait for an no, answer? Well, I mean, sometimes <laughs> you have to learn when to wait. You know, yeah. that, that's, the, that's the crazy thing about it because you can't force inspiration sometimes. We try. I mean, you know, there's days when it's just not happening. Right. Yeah, right. right? It's, and that's the days where you have to learn to let go and not, not be too hard on yourself and not beat yourself right. up. Give and, yourself a hug, right? Yeah. yeah you know, improve hug. your joy score by doing something yeah. that you yeah, love. What do you, hit what the do you, trail. What, exactly. Hit, hit the, the trail. trail. Go for a hike, yeah. right? That's Sometimes that's, that's the best thing you can do. So what happens? You really get that is. energy back up. You get that divine yeah. inspiration back up. You get it clear your head for a minute and then yes. what happens? Divine um, intervention. And right? divine intervention. And, and then, you know, it's, it is like you are a channel. I mean, you any artist, you, you know, any creative person, you're, you're a channel. So, you just have to sit back and, and let it flow through you and, and not judge it. Let it come out first. And then you can, you know, later on you can go edit stuff and do all that stuff. But for me, it's like being a clear channel. And that's all about taking care of yourself, you know, spiritually in every way possible. You know, I think yeah. that you have to keep that clear as a creator. Whatever that is. You know, is. taking care What's of your that? body, oh, meditating, your body, meditating. Um, you know, the spiritual, the spiritual aspect of it too. Yeah. To keep yourself always flowing with that energy because... You know, that's when we get in trouble is when that flow stops. You know, mm -hmm. that's basic. And we try to substitute other things to get in that state of mind. And that doesn't always work either. So it's really a constant, <laughs> you know. It sounds like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it's a constant thing. And, you know, I think that. But I think being an artist has never been an easy road. I, I think it's a very noble road because it's not an easy road. I think to really say I'm an artist and this is what I'm doing with my life takes a lot of courage. And, it, and it's not easy for most of us. You're, darn, you're darn right. And you got a lot of courage. Both of you ladies have a tremendous amount of courage <laughs> for you. endeavoring into see they're making change they are making in change. their industries philanthropically yeah with with awesome I, they're doing <laughs> it but and, and it's and it's a very uncertain road and they have the courage to step in and take that on well, Miss John Mack and Miss Shalise McCoskey, you enjoy those Emmys tomorrow. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's, Thank been, you. it's been a super <laughs> pleasure having you. Thank and you call, so do much. a call out to your websites and where you want people to go um, to support your your oh, personal work yeah. yes. and then also yeah. your causes. Awesome. Well, they can come to uh, defendingtheendangered.com is our website. We also have a Facebook page. Defendingtheendangered.com. Um, defendingtheendangered uh, they can find me. Uh, I'm, I'm under, you know, I'm on Facebook as well. I have a pay, uh, John Mack, J O N M A C K. John Marie. Right? John, I, I professionally I go by John Mack, but I am John Marie. So my friends call me John Marie. It's completely. Is that, is that on the Facebook or no? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, my personal page, but John Mack is the actress J -O -N. page. J O N. 
Jan, yes. Um, they can also go to, I have a YouTube channel, Ms. John, M-Z-Z-J-O-N, which has the music videos. M-Z-Z, not M-I-Z-Z. No, no, M-Z-Z. Um, they have, my band is Auradrone, uh, so they can go to the website there, uh, Facebook, Auradrone, Twitter, Auradrone. I don't know how to spell Auradrone. A- we have- yes, I'll spell it A- A-U-R-A, like human aura, and then drone, D-R-O-N-E, it's one word, Auradrone. They're a drone. To find out more about John, how about you, Shalise? It's healinggpnaturally.info. So if you have learn. gastro problems yeah. and you've come to the end of your rope, this is where there. we go. I'm there. Wow. That's, that's huge. Yeah. You're going to find great joy and bliss by meeting Shalise. She will intoxicate you with beautiful oil yeah. elixirs. Yeah, so, and then the essential oil site is the essentialnumber7.com. Yeah, look up those essential oils, guys. That's a, that's a very powerful, very powerful medicine that um, definitely brings you into the moment. I find every time I, I do turn to the senses, it drops me right into the present moment. So it's a it's a quick fix to uh, put a smile on your face, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, listen, so thanks so thank much. Thank you. Thank you so much for thank coming. You. Thank run you. That, run, run that next one there, The Thomas. last one. Thank you. You guys can. Okay. We can head out. We're live now. The lovely ladies are leaving us right now. How about that? Bye. It was amazing. What an amazing journey. What an amazing. I feel so educated about acting now. What's well, amazing? More so than before. Because well, uh, you're a very wise teacher. I mean, I. I me? A lot of people, me. if you get a chance to learn from Thomas Ardovani, I, I would recommend him highly. Not that I'm an actress, but what you teach is so powerful and does have a crossover life. Well, the, well, Lessons. The, the so. only wise we know is we teach, we become, we have the opportunity to become masters of our craft mm-hmm. once we start teaching. And that's what Brian was kind of bringing on too. But what a wonderful, mm-hmm. what a wonderful guest he was. And what a wonderful bunch of advice that uh, both of these ladies have from two very different places coming together to serve a common cause. I mean, that's, that's beautiful and, and endlessly inspired to, uh, to be the, their best selves. Absolutely. And not to be shy about making change and going into endeavors and, going for it i mean they're all really took chances in life you know well listen who we got we got some interesting guests for next week yeah we have another um beautiful young woman that uh, protects the endangered uh actually the animals that are coming into extinction so they raise awareness and how they can um, preserve them and give support nationally I think we have Matt. We have a musician next week. I don't know if he's next week or the following. Yeah, week, we so. might. We may have a boxer from the Contender coming on. Too. Yeah, so, so we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. Well, good. I hope you join us here next week. 
Wednesday, 7.15. So check in with that joy score. See what you could do to elevate it. Take some action. Make some change in your life and have a little bit more fun. That's right. Take some action. Make some change in your life and have more fun. Raise those joy scores. <laughs> you guys have a wonderful evening. Signing off, Thomas Artivani and Suzanne Toro. Thank you very much. Adios. Adios. Woohoo.